Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Podcast. Paradigm is a young adult ministry that exists to see lives changed by Jesus. For more information about Paradigm, go to ParadigmKC.com. We hope this message is inspiring and life-changing. Thanks for listening. a copy of God's Word, go ahead and grab it. We're going to be a little bit all over the map tonight, but I am so glad that you made the decision to get here tonight, and we are continuing this series called We're Just Talking, and we are saying, man, it has been difficult to traverse the landscape of the romantic life for many people for a few years since the invention of this thing called dating, and so tonight we're going to get back into this narrative, and we hope to equip you guys so that you can have success in your romantic life, because I know that None of you have come in here tonight, and when it comes to you considering your romantic life, you're thinking, you know what, I want to I have a lot of divorces someday. I want to be the captain of divorce someday. None of us want that to happen, and so we want to look at God's Word and see how we can get better at this thing. Before we get there, um, I don't know if you've flown lately, uh, but if you've flown lately, like, we just need to pray for the airline industry, y'all. Like, they do not have their stuff together. And so this summer, I was catching a flight down to Louisiana, and I was going to be preaching at a camp, just a gathering of teenagers, and I was going to tell them how they can have a better relationship with God. And, and so I hop on this airplane, and it takes me to Dallas, and I'm trying to go from Dallas to Lafayette, Louisiana. Anyway, when I get to Dallas, here comes the delay. And it was one of those deals where it's like, I don't know if y'all flown lately. They're like, oh, in 30 minutes, we'll have it. In 30 minutes, we'll have it. And they 30-minute me for a couple of hours, and then we finally get to board the airplane. And we board the airplanes, put the bags up. We're, getting sitting, we're sitting down. We get ready to peel out on the, t- whatever it's called, the tarmac. I don't even know what it's called. And we're on the runway, and we're about to take off. And then here comes the pilot saying, there's some mechanical issue. We're going to have to return back to the terminal, and we're going to have to actually deboard the plane. And then they proceed, and I can see everything happening. Like they proceed to open up the hood or whatever it's called of the, the big engine. And, and like I, I'm, I'm watching this going. I'm like, man, I don't know that, that these guys that are working on this thing, I don't, I don't know that they know what they're doing. Like I think I just saw those guys loading up the luggage on the plane, and now they're the ones that are like the mechanics all of a sudden. I look out there about two hours later. Guy has his cell phone out there like recording something on the popped hood, and I think he's watching DIY videos how to repair, how to repair an, an engine on an airplane, or he's calling somebody that really knows what they're doing. I'm like, put your phone down and get a wrench, man. I need you to fix this thing. And it just proceeds two hours Three hours, I'm texting my guy in Louisiana. I'm supposed to be speaking on a Monday night and I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it on time. And then eventually, I had to figure out a different plan, y'all. Like I was like, this, this is not gonna happen. And so you've been there, right? Like you, you boarded the plane, had the D plane, now things are stalling out and I just wanna get to Louisiana. And so finally I had to go up to the, the person that was working like the ticket counter and I'm like, hey, we gotta do something different. Like, I, I need to break up with this airplane. I need you to get me on a different airplane. And so I, I work out a deal where I can go get on another airplane in a different part of the airport, and finally I get over there and I'm able to board the plane. But, but this plane that I was committed to, it wasn't gonna take me where I wanted to go, and I needed to change. I needed to break up with that airplane. 
The reason why I start there tonight is because many of you are in a romantic relationship or you've been in a romantic relationship that what I just described to you in regard to my relationship with that airplane is very similar to the way that you are interacting with your significant other. Here's what I mean, that you've boarded this relationship thinking we're headed to this destination. It's gonna be a, a committed relationship. We like to call it marriage. And I'm, that's where I wanna go. You're boarded the plane, but then something happened. There's some mechanical issues, if you will. And you've had to deboard the plane. Now you're in stall out mode. You've been dating for seven years, right? And he keeps saying, I'm gonna do this. Or she keeps saying, well, when we get there, we'll do this. And then eventually there comes a point in time where you're like, you know what? This ain't the relationship for me. And I think I need to choose a different relationship. And I think many of you have been there before, or maybe you're there tonight, and if you are having to choose a different relationship, how do we do that? I mean, the, the dating game is not a game that we really wanna play, because when we start playing games in dating, our hearts get broken. And many of you, you've played this game, and too many times people, they'll stay in, a, in the dating plane, if you will, when they know that they need to break up, but breaking up is hard, right? Because no one started dating someone and thought, you know what, I'll break their heart. I just want to take their heart and crush it someday, right? And none of us are in, or none of y'all are in a dating relationship, and, and you're thinking, you know what, I would really like there to be an awkward conversation where my heart gets broken. And so when it comes to like having this conversation, most people are not really equipped for how to end a relationship. And so here's what happens. Like, You'll either say, you know what, I know that this isn't the person for me, and, but I'm just gonna stay in the relationship and I'm just gonna kinda coast and hope that something happens outside of my control that I can be like, yeah, it's over. And you're either gonna coast in that relationship or many of you are just gonna ghost that relationship. You're just gonna quit calling them all of a sudden. You're, just gonna, you're gonna block them on all social medias. You're gonna file a restraining order. I don't know what's, or you're gonna have some sort of epic drama where you're listening to Taylor Swift and all sorts of other musicians that are just kind of feeding the drama, you know, of like bad relationships and revenge and all the stuff, right? And we've come in here, and when it comes to our romantic relationships in our culture, man, it is so difficult. And there's a lot of confusion, a lot of heartache. And tonight, I want to talk about how we can get better at breaking up. If you're taking notes, I've titled this message, It's Not You, It's Me. It's not you, it's me. And I want to give you three things, or I want to answer three questions that will help equip you for this sometimes necessary conversation, but incredibly difficult one. The first question that I want to answer is, when should you break up? The second question I want to answer is, how should you break up? And then the third question is, what should you do after you break up? Now, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about breaking up, all right? It doesn't say a whole lot about dating, but it does say a lot about wisdom. It does say a lot about love, and it does say a lot about vision. And if you're going to know when the relationship should end, you're going to need wisdom. And if you're going to know how to end that relationship, you're going to need love. And if you're going to know how to respond once your heart has been broken, you're going to need vision. So when it comes to any relationship in life, wisdom is such a key ingredient to the success of that relationship. And if you're in a romantic relationship and you're trying to navigate, is this the person that I should continue to do life with or not? You're going to need wisdom. And oftentimes we just don't know. And we need wisdom. And maybe you've come in here tonight and you're trying to lead a relationship or you're trying to live in a relationship and you're like, I don't know. I need some wisdom. Can anybody give me wisdom? And the number one source to go to for wisdom is the guy that invented it. 
and that's God. And God says in his word, if you're taking notes in James 1, chapter five, it says this about the character and the nature of God. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, that's somebody here tonight. Actually, that's everybody. We all lack wisdom, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need some more wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, it just says simply, let him ask of God. I love that. That God's not some distant daddy up in the skies that's like, get in the basement. Get away from me. No, like God is this loving father that's saying, if you need wisdom, come to me, and I want to give you freely that which I have. He says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so if you're going to succeed in relationships, you're going to need wisdom. Point number one, if you're taking notes tonight, I want to ask this question, when should you break up? When should you break up? Now, there's a lot of things that I could say right here, but I just want to give you three signs that you should break up. The first th sign that you should break up is, is when the relationship has stalled out. Now, I think y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip before, but this summer we went to St. Louis with my family. Now, if I told you that we were going to St. Louis to spend some time in St. Louis, and I was like, you know what, but, but we got to about Columbia, and we just pulled over in a Walmart parking lot, and we just chilled. And you're like, you're like okay, for the whole time? I'm like, yeah, man, the whole time. It wasn't that cool, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that fun, but, but that's just where we stayed. Did you run out of gas? No. Did you have a flat tire? No. Why, why'd you stay in Columbia when you were trying to get to St. Louis? I don't know. And, and that wouldn't make much sense if the intention of the trip was to go to St. Louis, and we had plans in St. Louis, but we decided just to kind of stall out in Columbia. That wouldn't make sense. And if dating is a road trip that's meant to arrive at the destination of a committed relationship in marriage, then why are y'all dating for seven years? Why are you stalled out? And if you're here and you've been perpetually dating somebody for 12 years, man, it may be time to move on. See, dating should be a path that leads to a promise that leads to a lifelong pursuit, i.e. marriage. It's not a parking lot. It's not some road that, that's leading to some unknown end. Dating should not be used to fill the insecurities that we have in our life. Dating should not be this mechanism by which we get our sexual needs met. Dating should not be done casually. And this modern invention, this dating game that we're playing, this we're just talking, it's leaving a lot of hearts broken. Or it's leaving a lot of hearts numb. If you're here tonight and you're stalled out in a relationship and you've been perpetually dating someone, you may want to consider breaking up. I think so many times the reason why you stall out in a relationship is because the relationship somewhere along the way, it, it, it introduced intimacy into the relationship. The second reason why you maybe should break up is if you have been sexually active in the relationship. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but, but sex is this incredible invention that God, that he, like he, he coined it, like this was his idea. And, and this, is, this intimacy is given over to mankind. And God says, I, wanna, I want this to be experienced between a husband and a wife, and the purpose of sex in a relationship is permanence. That's why some of you can't get over a certain relationship. That's why some of you, you keep going back to that toxic relationship that you did things with that person 
and you know that that's not the person for you, but for some reason you can't break free from that guy or from that girl because you introduced something in the relationship that was built for permanence. And when you introduce sex into the relationship, then what happens is when you turn that on, you turn off sobriety. Here's what I mean by this. That, that this aspect of your relationship is incredibly intoxicating. And this is supposed to be something that is reserved for, for the context of marriage because it's secure in the context of marriage. That's why even in parts of the Bible it would say, drink deep, you lovers, and have your feel. It would say, get drunk on love. And, and what it's saying is, is that in the context of marriage, that this is where this thing flourishes, but when you get it out of that context, and you start getting inebriated on romance without the security of a marriage, it's confusing. And so you'll start turning a blind eye to relational deficiencies in the name of bodily chemistry. And you'll think, you know what, he ain't no good for me, but he's good for me. You know what, she ain't no good for me, but she's good for me. And you'll know that that person has flaws in their character. You don't want them to be your baby's daddy, but for some reason you can't get enough of them because you are turning, love is blind. You ever heard that? You're turning a blind eye because you've given parts of yourself over to him that was only meant to be for your man in marriage or for your woman in marriage. And it's creating bonds that are not easily broken. And you get inebriated and you can't think straight. How many times in your life when you were like making a big life decision, you were like, you know what? I'm about to go in for a job interview tomorrow morning, but here's my plan. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna get hammered. I'm gonna get real inebriated and I'm gonna roll up in there like, yo, what's up? I'm, ma- I'm trying to make a decision between grad school or not grad school. And so, you know what? I'm just gonna get hammered and then I'm gonna make a decision. Like, no, that's not what you would do, right? But when you introduce this aspect into a relationship, it's like you're getting inebriated, but then trying to make one of the biggest relationship decisions in your life. And many of you, you're driving drunk, so to speak. And you need to break up so that you can sober up and you can realistically evaluate whether or not this is the relationship you should be in. So maybe it's stalled out, maybe it's become sexually active, or maybe you've realized somewhere along the way that you're just spiritually different. The Word of God says this in 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is this idea that, that, that back in the day they had these yokes that, that oxen would, would put one oxen here, one oxen here, and then they would be tied together and that they would move and they would work together. And it's saying that, that you shouldn't tie your life together with an unbeliever. It says, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? So if you're here tonight and you claim to follow Jesus, you don't need to date someone who doesn't follow Jesus. And I know what you're thinking, like, but, but what if I can introduce them to Jesus? What if, what, if, what if I see my mission as dating? I'm a missionary dater. Listen, I get the idea, but you're not the Holy Spirit. You don't save anybody. And if you think that you can date him and convert him, you're flirting to convert, that doesn't work. If you think you can date her and you can lead her to the throne of God, you may be the biggest hindrance to her getting to God. Amen? 
And you need to realize that it's not wise for you to yoke your life to an unbeliever. See, dating, it exists for observation and for edification. And what you're trying to do in the process of dating is see, is this person heading in the same direction and at the same pace as I am? I don't know if you've ever been in a three-legged race. A three, you, know, you tie your leg to somebody else's leg. Typically, when you are picking a three-legged race partner, you want to pick somebody that's about your same size. Like I wouldn't want to enter in a three-legged race with somebody that's, that's a lot smaller than me. I wouldn't want to enter in a three-legged race with somebody that's, that's saying, I want to run this way, but I'm saying, no, we've got to run this way. Like I want, to, I want to run with somebody. I want to be attached with somebody that we've got the same direction in mind, and we can click along at the same pace. And this is what the scripture is saying. And so somewhere along the way, if you're dating somebody and you realize, hold on, this guy is headed in a completely different direction than I am, you need to break up. It's not going to end well for you. Or if you realize, oh, hold on, this, this lady is running at a much faster pace or a much slower pace, then you need to consider breaking up. And consider this. Your conversation with that person about their direction and their pace and how that's different than yours may be the very thing that leads to God breaking through in their life. Your breakup may be a wake-up for them to get their act right. And some of you, you need to apply this wisdom and you need to break up. Man, this is not a fun conversation, right? You know, some of y'all are here and you're like, wow, I'm glad that I brought my significant other for the first time. What are you thinking, you know? There's gonna be all these conversations out by the cars in the late night. We're gonna be like, what is, why is there so much yelling, you know? And, and so like, I, I'm sorry, but, but we need to get better at this. And too many of us are stalled out on a relational plane that ain't going nowhere. And you need to de-plane. Because here's, here's what I know to be true. That a bad breakup is better than a bad relationship. And a bad breakup is sure enough better than a bad marriage. And it's better that you resolve the conflict now because it's not gonna get better. And some of you, you need to break up, but how? <laughs> how do we do this? Let me give you the how in one word. The way that you break up is lovingly. You break up lovingly. The word of God says this in John 13, 35. It says, by this... He's talking about the love that we have for one another. He says, by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. That Jesus says we're to have love for one another. But how does love influence the way that we break up? Like, like, listen, maybe one of the most loving things that you can do for somebody is to break up with them. And that sounds weird, but this could be the the breakup could be the breakthrough, but how you do that matters. Point number two, if you're taking notes, I wanna answer this question, how do you break up? How do you break up? And if you're gonna break up with somebody, I'm gonna give you a pathway to do that. You're gonna need a few different things. You're gonna need courage, considerateness, candor, and clarity. You're gonna need courage. You're gonna have to go for it, man. Like sometimes like when it comes to an awkward conversation, a difficult conversation, this is incredibly challenging. You know, you're like, I don't wanna have the conversation. You know, like we just, we've gotta have courage. The word of God says in Psalm 53, or excuse me, 56.3, whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, God, that God wants to supply you with the courage you need to do the difficult thing that is the right thing. Like, like if, if you're gonna break up with somebody, it's hard because you're ending something that you've worked hard at. Like, like you may be hurting someone that you really genuinely care about. You're gonna be saying some things that are hard to say, that are hard to hear, and, and you may be single for a while. 
and breaking up is not easy. And if anybody in my shoes, like I, I, I'm a married man now, so it's, it's easy for me to counsel uh, single people. I'm like, bro, just go for it. Just, just go for it, man. Like, man up, you know? They're like, yeah, but you got a wife, man. You know? It's, it's like if anybody in my shoes like, bro, you just got to go have the hard conversation. It's like, yeah, but you've got security. You're sleeping with your wife tonight, you know? Like, I'm just I'm struggling, right? And, and I know it's hard. I know it's hard to have the courage. But you have to have the courage to do the right thing, even if it's difficult. And so part of being courageous is having the conversation when you need to have it. Some of y'all are in a relationship, or you know somebody in a relationship, let me put it that way. Uh, you, you heard about somebody that needs to break up, and you knew six months ago. But you're like, you're waiting for the right time, you know. I mean, it's football season, Chad. I can't break up with her now. You know, it's football season. Everybody knows football season and relationships, they go together. I got to wait. You know, a few months have passed. I'm like, girl, you need to break up with them. But it's, it's pumpkin season. It's like harvest. Like, we're supposed to, like, you know, Lewisburg and the cider mill. Like, and then a little bit later, like, mama, it's Thanksgiving. Like, we can't, I can't do this right now. You've been telling me for eight months y'all ain't no good for each other. When's the right time? Now's the right time. And if you know, one of the most unloving things you can do is pretend like you really see this relationship going somewhere. That's a passive way of lying. You need to have the courage. Not only do you have to have the courage, you gotta have considerateness. You gotta have considerateness. The word of God tells us that we are to love people the way that we want to be loved. And so don't just like bust up on somebody like, hey, it's over. Right? Like, no, don't do that. You, you need to pick an appropriate time, preferably not at the end of their work schedule. You need to pick an appropriate place, not in their parents' living room or some public place, but you need to pick a place, I would say, that needs to be somewhat private. So if there's tears, it's okay. So if there's, are you serious? It's okay. And you, listen, write this down. Do not forget this. If you're gonna break up with somebody, do it in person, all right? None of this cowardly, sliding a DM to say, hey, I don't think it's gonna work out. It's not you, it's me. None of this texting. And if they're in another city, FaceTime, FaceTime them. And have the courage to have the conversation face-to-face. It's one of the most considerate things you can do. And also be calm. Like, don't go into this conversation. You've had time to process this. If you're the one that's instigating the conversation, you've had time to process it. Make sure you have your emotions under control. One of the best ways you can do this is if you have some biblical and wise community that you would go to them and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break up with her. Here's my plan. And have the guys go, that's not a good plan, bro. What are you thinking? Or, or, or you, you go to your community and say, I'm gonna break up with them, here's my plan, and, and have that wise counsel say, that's a great idea, I, I, but I think that you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get emotional here, or, or whatever it is, so that you can go into that space and you can be calm, and if you are getting broke, if you're, if, if you're breaking up with somebody, or someone is breaking up with you, one of the greatest things that you can do is act like an adult. Don't lose your mind, y'all. Don't start keying each other's cars and slashing tires and doing all kinds of crazy stuff that's full in the, in the music scene and, and on TV. Like, be an adult, all right? Handle your emotions. You can be sad. You should be sad. You can be confused. It will happen. 
but handle your emotions like an adult and with maturity. So be courageous, be, be considerate. You're gonna have to have candor. That's the next way, the, the next thing you're gonna have to have if you're gonna break up with somebody. The word of God tells us in Ephesians 4, verse 15, that we are to speak the truth in love. We're to speak the truth in love. So like, you wanna try to avoid saying things like this, like, like hey, um, I just don't think it's gonna work out. Like, like I love you but I'm just not in love with you anymore. You know what I'm saying? You want to avoid saying things like, yeah, I just don't think it's going to work out because like you deserve someone so much better than me. And I just, I'm not good enough for you. And so like, it, yeah, it's over. Like avoid saying things that are, they sound like, like they would sound good, but really when you process what you're really saying, it, it doesn't make sense. Like we're just better off as friends. I need some space. It's for the best. Or if you're a Christian in the Christian subculture, you'll be like, yeah, man, I've just, I've just been praying a lot. I just feel like, like, like I don't want to break up with you, but I just feel like God's telling me to, you know? And so like, I can't, like, I don't want to disobey God, even though we've been making out and doing all kinds of other freaky stuff, but I don't want to disobey God with what he's saying with me here. And so like, it ain't, it, but it ain't me though. Like I was like, God, but I love her or I love him, but God, but, you know, but God was like, don't break up with her, you know? And, uh, you know, or other things Christians will say, like, I don't have a peace about this relationship. I don't have a peace. I don't have it. And I, I get what people are saying, but oftentimes when you say things like, it's not you, it's me, and phrases like I just covered, this is just smoke screens for something else. And if we're going to speak the truth in love, if we're going to break up with somebody, you got to have the courage and the considerateness to display candor or truth. And you need to tell them why you are breaking up with them. You, you need to give them data points. You need to give them enough information about how you arrived at the decision without being unnecessarily hurtful or crushing them. And when you provide that data point, when you provide that information, that may be the very point by which they turn and they change. Think about this. You break up with somebody when you're 24 or when you're 32, and they're like, man, no one's ever told me that truth before. And then they wind up getting married to someone else. You run into their spouse, and their spouse says, hey, they shared with me about y'all's relationship. Thank you for revealing that to them. Because ever since then, he's changed, or she's changed. And what if your candor was the catalyst that created change in that person so that they weren't a misery to be married to someday? Instead of you just saying, you know, God told me, or it's, you know, we should just be, no, share the truth with them. Some of the most critical times in my life are when people gave me specific feedback and they said, hey, do you know that you come across this way? I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me. I need to change. And so if you're going to break up with them, you're going to have to have courage, considerateness, candor. And then lastly, you're going to have to have clarity. First Corinthians 14, says this, that God is not the author of confusion. And if you are a follower of his, you shouldn't be either. And so you need to clarify what's going to happen in the relationship. And so you need to say things like, we are breaking up. We're not just taking a break. We're not just going to kind of like, you know, be friends. And like, if you need to borrow a line from Taylor Swift, just to be clear, like we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Okay. Like you can say that it's okay. I know it seems hurtful but it's clear. 
And so often what we'll do is just say things like, like you know, like, um, I, I think that, you know, I don't think it's gonna work out, but I'll, I'll call you tonight. Like that's confusing, all right? That is not clear. And it may ease the awkwardness of this encounter, but it's not clear. And if you don't actually have plans on continuing the relationship, then it's a cruel lie for you to leave the door open of hope that we'll actually get back together. So you need to be clear. I am breaking up with you. And then if, if, it, if it allows, you need to align the story that you're gonna tell moving forward, especially if y'all have like similar friend groups, depending on how long you've been together, and then y'all break up, you need to align the story that you tell because people are gonna ask you, and then they're gonna ask him, and you wanna make sure that they're getting the same narrative because oftentimes what will happen is that you'll have a conversation like this, it's emotional, it's confusing at times, and you need to fight for clarity, and, and a way to do that is like, okay, from here, what's the story that we tell moving forward? Because what will happen is that, is that he'll break up with her and then she'll start saying things that just aren't necessarily true. They're half-truths, but then she'll start telling other people, yeah, yeah, he broke up with me because he just said that I wasn't godly enough. I don't know, it was just something like that. And everyone's like, he's so shallow, you're a godly person, you know? Or, or, or what will happen is that, that she'll break up with him and then he'll just be like, yeah, she was saying that I was whatever. And, and then people will talk to her and then it's confusing because you're telling different sides of the story and it's best if you can align expectations as to what's the story that we tell moving forward from this conflict. And then in order for you to provide clarity, you gotta define what moving forward looks like. You don't wanna have this sort of vague gray, we broke up, but we're still together. Um, he told me that he, he wanted to move on, but he's, he's still screenshotting memes because we were like, that, like, like romantic memes were kind of our thing, and so he's still like throwing those my way. Like, like, like she still calls me and asks me for biblical advice because she respects my walk with God, but she doesn't want me to be in a relationship with her. And it just can be really confusing, and so the way that you provide clarity is that you say this is a clean break, and then you provide clarity in the immediate aftermath as well. Because it's usually helpful if you don't see one another or that you don't talk to one another for a little while. And in this in-between, stand firm in your decision. In this in-between, lean into your community. And in this in-between, pray a lot. Because it's gonna be difficult. So, so if, you, if you break up, these are some ways that you can, this is kind of a pathway by which you can go about breaking up. And, and if you do that, what's gonna happen, no doubt, especially if you've been in this relationship, is that you're gonna feel the sting of heartbreak. You're gonna, you're gonna have a broken heart or you're gonna be the one that actually administered the broken heart and maybe you have a broken heart as well and you're gonna feel lovesick, if you will. And anytime I talk with somebody that's like, yeah, I'm just coming out of a three-year relationship or I'm just coming out of a year-long relationship or I'm just, I'm just coming out of a, a six-week relationship, there's different measures of heartache. And typically what I say to them is like, man, I'm so sorry. And you know, guys will act like, oh, it ain't no big deal. You know, like, I mean, we was together like four years, but you know, like, she's crazy anyway. You know? Like, bro, don't act like you didn't give your heart. And girls, like girls, they won't look at me in the eye like, yeah, we broke up. Because if they look at me in the eye, I'm looking at them like this, I'm sorry. They'll, you know, they'll just lose it, right? And, and here's what I always say to them. I'll say, I'm sorry that that didn't work out for you. And I don't know if you know this, but the word of God in Proverbs 13, 12, it says this, 
that a hope deferred, it makes the heart sick. And so the fact that you feel heartbroken is normal, y'all. Because you had hopes for that relationship. You had hopes that when you boarded that relational plane, we were gonna make it to the Louisiana, you know what I'm saying? And then when, when it didn't work out, it's like, oh, it's disappointing. No one loves breaking up, and it hurts. So finally tonight, I wanna answer the question, what do you do after you break up? What do you do after you break up? Uh, first of all, let me just tell you what you don't do. Don't rebound, all right? Don't rebound. Don't be Dennis Robin in the relationship, all right? You don't wanna rebound, and you don't wanna get right back in a relationship real quickly, okay? That's not, that's not a good idea, all right? And if you are the rebound relationship tonight, y'all should talk through that, all right? Y'all need to figure that out. This is not a good idea. Get some space, take some time, and you need to do a few things. First thing you need to do after you've had your heart broken is you need to embrace the pain. So often what will happen when we go through something difficult, when we go through disappointment, we wanna medicate our pain. We wanna numb our pain. And so we will think that God is somehow okay with us going through a bit of suffering and then sinning in regard or in response to that suffering. So here's what will happen, like, yeah, he dumped me, it's margarita night, I'm going out with the girls, I'm gonna show him. And you put on some little tube top, whatever you put on, and you out there and you try to fling yourself out there and try to get the attention so that you prove the guy that did you wrong, wrong. Or, or guys, like you'll, you'll pop the tailgate down, get a 30 pack, 60 pack, a keg, whatever you do, and you'll think, I'll just drink and I'll get so drunk and I'll show her. And I just don't think that that's working because when you sober up or when you get up the next day, your heart's still broken. And so you need to embrace the pain, man. Broken hearts, they take time to heal, especially if you are doing things that are not God's best in that relationship. If you gave your body over to him, if you gave your emotions over to her. And when it comes to a broken heart, man, you just, you gotta kinda just endure it. I don't know if you've ever been, uh, have you ever had food poisoning? You ever had food poisoning before? I'm sure you are. I'm sure you have, you know. You got some, you got, ate some bad chicken or something, you know, and you just got home and then later on, it was like, oh, you know, and then you started just, just had to get it out, you know. And then like, I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning, but here's been my experience. It doesn't matter how many Peptos that I crunch. It doesn't matter how much Pepto I'm drinking. It don't help. I'm like, why, why are we even in taking this stuff, you know? And here's what I've come to learn. When I get food poisoning, I just kind of have to, Get it out of my system. I, I just have to embrace that I'm sick for a little while, and once I get it out of my system, I'm gonna be all right. A broken heart is real similar. And here's what I mean. There's not a whole lot that you can do to medicate that pain. That you're just gonna have to embrace that pain, and you're gonna have to be honest with your emotions. And the way that you seek consolation in this season is that you spend even more time in God's word. You, you lean into your community more than you normally would. You let your friends know what's going on and you allow them the privilege to bear the burden with you. You don't try to be like Iron Man and fix your own broken heart by yourself. You allow God to do that. You allow his people to help you with that. And you embrace your pain, but you carry it faithfully to those that you can trust. The second thing you gotta do after you had your heart broke is you gotta draw a boundary. 
You got to draw a boundary. The book of Ecclesiastes, it's one of the books of wisdom. It says this, that there's certain seasons for certain things, and he says that there's a time to embrace, but also there's a time to refrain from embracing. That singleness is not a sickness. Marriage is not a miracle. It's not the medicine to medicate your sickness of singleness. No matter what your grandma's telling you, all right? You married yet? You found a man yet? No, grandma, I'm working on it, all right? <laughs> and listen, if you see that, then you're going to think, I, I've got to be right back into another relationship, but you need to draw a boundary. This whole idea that we broke up, but we can still be friends is an attempt to have your cake and eat it too, and often is, a, is, is just an attempt to soften the blow of that breakup, but it can also be a signal that you're codependent and that you're emotionally unfit for a relationship. And so you need to draw a boundary. So when you've broken up with somebody, don't drag on the conversation as if that is productive, all right? You need to draw a boundary. You don't need to keep communicating like you used to. If you broke up with somebody, here's a real practical way for you to draw a boundary. Unfollow them on social media. Why would you lay in bed on a Friday night when you used to be doing things with your significant other, watching a movie or hanging out at a party or whatever, just to pull out your phone and see what all they're getting to do without you, as if that's helping you at all. In fact, it's kind of slowly poisoning your system. When I was growing up, my dad, he gave us some mercury. I don't know if you know much about mercury, but it's liquid metal. It's the stuff they put in thermometers. Well, my dad, somehow, he had a bottle of this mercury, and he gave it to us as boys to play with. And uh, it's not really a great thing to play with because they say that it will seep into your skin and the metal will get in your bloodstream and kind of slow the flow of your blood a little bit. But we had this bottle of mercury anyway, and I had it in my room, and I was in a converted garage, so I had kind of like a, a, a concrete floor, like this stage. And I remember as a kid to pour a little mercury out and get a magnet and just kind of like, you know, I felt like it was like T-1000 and Terminator, if you know much of that. You know, I was like playing with the mercury and stuff. And, um, and I had to be careful with it because if I handled it too much, again, it would poison my system. And the reason why I share that is because if you continue to follow your ex on social media, that's like playing with mercury with your heart, that it's slowly poisoning you. And so one of the clear ways that you draw a boundary is that you unfollow them on social media so that you can officially take a break from what's going on in their life. And for some of you, the boundary that you need to draw you need to break up from him, you need to break up from her, and then you need to break up from dating. Like when you look at your relational life, some of y'all started dating somebody when you were seven. Aren't they so cute, they together, and, and like your mom put y'all together or whatever, and then all you remember is like from seven, eight, nine, I mean all the way through your life, I always had a significant other, always had a date. And now you're here, you're 28, and you wonder why when I look back, there's a lot of issues in my dating life, and you need to take a break. You need to break up with dating for a season. Some of you, you need to take a year off from dating so that you can evaluate why do you keep allowing the same group of morons to pursue you, ladies? Why do you, <laughs> men, why do you keep allowing the, the same type of woman to grab a hold of your heart, fellas? And maybe you need to take a step back and see what you can learn from your broken heart and your broken relationships. And you need to take a break from dating altogether. 
The last thing you do after you've broken up is that you simply give your heart to God. Give your heart to God. Psalm 34, 18, it says this, that the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Isn't that good news? That God is not like, oh my goodness, get out of here. And break up once again. No. It says that God, he draws near. He's like, is your heart broken? Let me be there. It says that he saves such as have a contrite spirit or a broken spirit. So whether you're the person that's breaking up with someone or you're the person that's being broken up with, God is near to your brokenness. When you give your heart to God, he draws near to you, man. And this is why this is good news. You're not alone. When you are in the pit of a broken heart, it's one of the loneliest places. But the scripture tells us that when you are in a place of brokenness, God moves in and you are not alone. He sees you crying on your pillow at night because the hope was deferred because he was not who you thought he was, because she was not who you thought she was. He sees you crying. He hears you screaming in your car, why? He's near to you. And you be faithful to put the shambles of your heart into his hands. He knows the emptiness of your stomach. He sees the emotional tear that you feel. He's near. And not only is God near, he has a plan, y'all. Romans 8, 28 says that God is gonna work all things, even breakups, together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And so if you're a follower of Christ, here's the promise that we hold on to, that God is gonna work through that pain to do something glorious. God cares about your romantic life more than you do. And sometimes we, f we, we forget that in the midst of brokenness, but when we give our broken heart over to God, we put our faith back in the promise that he's gonna work something out of this. I talk to young adults all the time, and I'll say, hey, tell me about your story. And they're like, well, you know, like I, 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 I grew up kind of hearing about God, and then I got in this relationship, and, and oh man, it, it wasn't good. And then we broke up. And then in that place of brokenness, that's when God moved in. That's when I stepped towards him. And God used that as a catalyst to change my life. And what if your darkest moment, your hardest relational moment, was the brightest moment for God to move in and to redeem you? Because God would rather see you broken in heart than broken in hell. God would rather move into this brokenness and save you so that you could spend forever with him rather than having dysfunctional, mediocre marriage apart from him. And so God wants to do something in your pain. And when you give your heart over to him, he's near. He has a plan and he understands. Only in Christianity do you have a God that understands. What do you mean, Chad? Well, when it comes to having a broken heart, Jesus' heart was broken. I don't know if you know this or not. But the, the gospel tells us this, that Jesus, he lives this perfect life. And on, on, in his 33rd year of life, he faces death on a cross. To ensure Jesus' death on a cross, those that were executing him, they ran a spear into his heart, leaving his heart broken, literally. 
And the scripture tells us that God is not distant, he's near, but in fact, he also endured the, the pain that, that we have gone through. It says in Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest, it's talking about Jesus, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But the Bible's saying, but Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. That elsewhere in Hebrews it says that he suffered and was tempted in every way, so he's fully able to help those who are being tempted. That Jesus says, you give me your broken heart, and I'll give you a new one. So this is the second time I've been on the stage today. At about lunchtime, I stood here at a double funeral. A couple in our church in their late 40s contracted COVID and they died days apart from one another. Leaving a 19-year-old child and a 16-year-old child behind. And I stood up here and after hearing amazing testimonies of their life, great people, salt of the earth type of people, they had requested on their deathbed that I would present the greatest message of all time. And so I faithfully came up here and on the backdrop of their life of faithfulness, I began to give an opportunity to those that sat in the seats that you're sitting in just a few hours ago, the chance to enter in a relationship with the lover of your soul the maker of all that you are and all that is. And what I shared earlier today is what I would share with you right now, that if you're here and, and you don't have a right relationship with your maker, man, you are missing out. That God, he knit you together in your mother's womb. And that you may have come in here tonight living a life completely separate from him, maybe even against him, but God is not holding that against you. God is not trying to have an awkward breakup conversation with you. But the scripture tells us that he wants to draw near to you. The lady that passed away, she said for most of her life, she felt like she was an outcast. She felt like she was damaged goods. I was given her Bible when she died and I turned it to the middle and I found her testimony written out. And her testimony was just her story of saying, I felt this way, but then I heard about the love of Christ and he changed me from a lady that was bitter, a lady that was broken, to one that was made whole. And I'm trying to tell you tonight that if you're here and your heart has been broken, or if you're here and your heart is just hard, give your heart to Christ and he will give you a new one. And he loves you and he has a plan for your life. And one day, there's gonna be a guy or a girl that's gonna stand in front of your dead body and he's gonna speak on behalf of you. And what confidence would your life have given him or her that you're spending forever in the arms of your maker. And if you don't have that confidence tonight, that may be the greatest thing you could do. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for my friends, and I thank you just for their willingness to listen. God, I pray you'd give us wisdom.
if somebody's here, they're dating somebody and, and it's stalled out, God, help them to have a hard conversation. Why? Why is it stalled out? God, if somebody's here and they are sexually active in their relationship, God, give them a new perspective so that they would begin to change the way that they pursue one another. Maybe they just need to take a break from sexual activity for a couple of months and, and just see what, what is of the relationship so they can have an evaluation on whether or not this is truly a relationship built on the right things. God, if somebody's here, they, they, they know that they need a breakup, but they just, they're lacking the courage, I pray you'd give them courage. If somebody's here and they've been confused because they thought they were dating a Christian that really loved you because he, because he was carrying a Bible, and then they realize they're not heading the same direction. They thought that they were dating a Christian because she raised her hand in the song, but they realized that she's not headed in the same direction. I pray you'd give them wisdom and discernment to know how to have that conversation. And God, I pray for those that are broken tonight. Those whose hearts have been broken, who had a hope that a romantic relationship would end somewhere, but that hope has been deferred. God, I pray that they would they wouldn't medicate their pain. God, I pray that they would draw boundaries. They'd be wise. And ultimately, I pray that they would give their hearts over to you. God, for all of us, that we would put our heart in your hands and that you would put a new heart inside of us. In Christ's name I pray.